This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. We got ourselves a little middle of the week power rankings to do here on the Steelers. Nothing Standard. juicier than some power rankings. Love power rankings. So original. Not done by any other outlet ever before. Well, but I here, get credit for coming up with this I don't know. idea. I don't know. I don't know. I was listening to an episode of the Crowley Show podcast, and by listening, I mean I was on the episode of the <laughs> Crowley Show podcast, and he did power rankings too, that son of a bitch. So everybody just seems to keep stealing our stuff. I am Tom Doing Offerman. it right in front of you. I mean, it's right in front idea, of my face. And he's just taking it from right you while you're on the show. Right in front of my face. I mean, it's basically like pulling a Trey Turner and spitting on me. Basically. I am Tom Offerman. He is Jake Uprecht. We always, in the middle of the NFL week, give you with our power rankings. Yeah, you see the Monday Night Football game. We sit and let it marinate all day Tuesday, get it nice and deep down into us, and then we are able to regurgitate our definitive top ten. Let's get into it because it always takes almost the entire episode to get to number one. Starting at ten and working our way down, I have at number ten – the Tennessee Titans. The Titans wow. with a huge comeback victory against the Seattle Seahawks. At the end of the first half of that game, you could tell me that I would have had the Titans as far down as number 17, 18, maybe even 19 on my power They were rankings. down bad. But they turned it around, and the main reason I give them a, a top 10 spot at number 10 is simply because they looked like the Titans team that we all expected in that second half. Julio Jones had over 100 yards receiving. Derrick Henry, like we said, 181 yards on the ground, and the majority of that comeback was from Derrick Henry running the football. Big 60-yard touchdown run that really was the cherry on top for the Titans forcing overtime and fat kicker Randy Bullock kicking it through the field goal post to win it for them. So, I loved that the way that they came back looked like Tennessee Titans football, so that gives me confidence moving forward that they're going to be on the right track. And just coming back from being down 24-9 to on the road in Seattle, one of the tougher places to play. Fans back in that stadium for the first time in over 365 days, getting loud. You know that the Richter scale was registered a couple times there. And Derrick Henry and the Titans still able to pull out a big, big comeback victory, get them back on the right track. I got the Titans checking in at number 10 in my power rankings. Totally fair. I have the team that they beat Mm. at number 10. They just missed out on my top 10. Just because at Seattle, they beat a good team in Indianapolis on the road. And then you, I I get it because you, you lose the game against the Tennessee Titans at home in a very poor comeback effort. I mean, allow them to come back on you. That's the poor effort there. Great effort by Tennessee. Yeah. But I still have Seattle in my top 10. I still think that defense is good enough to pair with a really, really good offense with Russell Wilson and company. I got Seattle number 10 right over the team that upset them. In you Tennessee. have the Titans at your 11? That's, I got Tennessee in my bubble. That's funny because I got Seattle in my bubble as that next team right in there. I still think they're a good team. Absolutely. I, I think they lost to a good team in Tennessee. Yeah. But the optics are bad when you're up 24-9 at home. and that team comes back and beats you even if they are a good team in Tennessee so and I think the optics were worse for Tennessee when they got mollywhopped by the Cardinals at home at home in week one yes that's fair to say number nine for myself I got the team that had the most impressive win in week one the Baltimoreans the Baltimore Ravens checking in at number nine wow Lamar Jackson 
is an awesome player to watch. He's one of the best. He might be the uh, Mahomes is right there. Allen's really fun. I to think watch no. Too. I think it's it's Allen's talented, but I think it's Mahomes and, and Lamar one A one B or one B one A whatever you want. The go most with. fun to watch in this by league. far. And the way that Lamar does it in the non traditional sense, I mean, he has just been shoving it up Bill Polian's backside ever since he came out in the draft class and said that he should be a wide receiver. He's the most athletic guy on the football field every time he touches the ball. One thing about Lamar that I think gets understated is his strength and just how like strong and hard he is to bring down. A lot of people thought maybe, you know, his small frame would be his downside in the NFL. He can't take a lot of hits. Well, A, he's good at not taking big hits. He's really savvy on getting down, getting out of bounds and and working those sidelines for a couple extra yards as well, using the rules of the game to his advantage. But he can also take on linebackers and defensive backs, and it's not like they just completely wipe him out. He's a really strong dude as much as he is fast and, and it, agile. And, and the passing game, obviously it's not prolific, but it's there when he needs it to be, and he can do things that are a little awkward-looking, like the jump pass to Marquise Hollywood-Brown. But that's all a product of everybody on the Chiefs thought he was about to run up the middle, and they all came up, and then he just jumps over everybody and dumps it right An off the ground. Incredible athletic play by him. To be able to stop like that and then jump up and just, boop, hit him right in stride. I don't stride. know how many guys can have the arm power when they're in the air to throw that ball. Lamar, the arm power and the accuracy. Lamar Jackson's one of them, and it was a big touchdown in that game. What a win for the Ravens. Get them back into my top ten at number nine. Number nine, I got a team that had maybe one of the more surprising losses, if not one of the more shocking losses in the fashion that it came in. I got Green Bay at number nine. Okay. This is what happens every year at the Packers. They have a bad loss in weeks one through three or weeks one through four, and Rogers everyone goes, is done. time to panic. Rogers is He's done. Old. He doesn't even want to be there. In paradise. He doesn't care. It's the same thing every year. I forget the one year, the one definitive year where they started like two and two or something, or maybe one and two even. One and two through three weeks. And Rodgers comes out after that second loss and goes, just relax. relax. And I think they finish the year 13-3. and three. This is what the Green Bay Packers do every year. They have a bad loss early on. And then what do they do? They stomp on the Detroit Lions, a team who I took in my triple take to cover the 13-point spread. Triple play. Triple play, sorry. The triple play and... It looked like they were going to do it, Tom. Yeah, until they, they played well for the first three quarters. Until Aaron Rodgers and then, just took yeah, over. Yeah. And just took over completely. Lost that one. But and I like how he did it targeting Aaron Jones a lot. Mm -hmm. Devontae Adams went over 100 yards receiving, too. So Aaron he Jones had, had four share. touchdowns. Yeah, and that's the offense for them. It's Adams, it's Jones. Get the ball to your playmakers, and he did that. I also love the postgame press conference from Rodgers. When the reporter asked him about all the noise and do you uh -huh. even care, and people were questioning if you care, and Rodgers was just like, yeah, I think a lot of people say a lot of BS. And, I, I, That's I'm, the just, type of guy and I'm just is. happy He's to gonna, go out there and prove myself after a game like that. He's going to call you out for your BS. And then he winked at the reporter. Exactly. So I got Green Bay number nine because I don't expect them to fall out of this top ten for the rest of the season. They are not in my top ten, but I have a feeling they will be next week and, again, won't fall out for the rest of the NFL season. Back on track in Green Bay. Number eight, I have an impressive 2-0 start. A NFC West team, the Arizona oh, Cardinals. Oh, I have them at number eight also, How Tom. about that? We both think alike at the Arizona Cardinals and where they fall in this power rankings. Yeah, 
They're number eight, two and zero start. It, it's it's phenomenal for them. Uh, big big beatdown of the Tennessee Titans that looks even more impressive after what the Titans did mm-hmm. to the Seahawks in Week Two. It shows you how good that Tennessee offense could be, and Arizona was able to contain them. The only reason I don't have the Cardinals maybe a little bit higher at number six is because of the fact that yeah they're two and zero, but. If you watch the game, they should have lost to the Minnesota Vikings in week two. So uh, should have losses aren't a thing, but when I do my power rankings, you got to find a little bit of the minutia to, to separate these teams. And I think the fact that they were on the ropes and should have lost that game to the Vikings hurts them a little bit. But, hey, you can't take away a 2-0 and start. You can't take away the fact that Kyler Murray looks like an MVP candidate early this year. I got the, the Cardinals at number eight, as do you. Yeah, I do as well, and this would have been conversations similar to the Seattle-Tennessee game because it was at home for Arizona. Minnesota was down, I don't know if as by much as Tennessee was to Seattle, but they had a solid lead against Minnesota. Minnesota came back, and then just because of a, a missed field goal as time was expiring, Arizona escaped with the win. I know you're saying you really can't say should have won or should have lost, but if that field goal goes in, for Minnesota, that is a loss for the Arizona Cardinals, and they aren't starting 2-0. But they got lucky, and so you can't ignore a 2-0 start. Some teams you can say, well, they have an easy schedule. Minnesota's got a good offense. Tennessee's got a good offense, and Arizona was able to keep both of those kind of in check enough, and we've seen the great play out of Kyler Murray in back-to-back weeks, so I have them in number eight. Number seven is the team that the Steelers took out in week one. I got the Mm. Buffalo Bills jumping back into – they were in my power rankings last week. They were just number nine. They move up a couple spots to number seven. First shutout of the NFL season goes to the Buffalo Bills defense as they absolutely stymied the Miami Dolphins and Jacoby Brissett, who had to come in for an injured Tua Tagovailoa. If Tua can't play – for a significant amount of time with that rib Miami's injury. In Miami's in serious trouble. Jacoby Brissett's an okay backup, but they needed to uh, to be a playmaker to take that next step for them to be really good this season. Obviously, they were playing an incredible opponent. Jacoby Brissett now has a week of practice as the starter to get under his belt. Game plan more tailored to himself, so don't expect him to look as bad as he did. Like I said, he's a pretty good backup, but... It's certainly not the same team without Tua. The Bills, though, because that's who we're talking about at number seven here. What a bounce-back performance from them. Offensively, great. 35 points put up against a pretty decent Miami defense. And then defensively, just absolutely shutting down Mm. that Dolphins offense, granted, with a backup quarterback. But shutouts are still extremely hard to come by in today's NFL. And the Bills get off to the first shutout of the season by blanking the Dolphins 35 to nothing. And yeah. that puts them at number seven in my rankings. And, you know, even though I had them at number nine last week, I'm saying they still think they're probably the second best team in the AFC. And, boy, did they get back on that track this week. They did. Number seven for me, I have another NFC West team. I have the San Francisco 49ers. Mm. Uh, I'm, again, you can't ignore a 2-0 and start. And for me, however, this was similar to the Arizona Cardinals, kind of an unimpressive win, only 17-11 to Granted, on the road in Philadelphia, I do think, though, throughout the season, their wins aren't as impressive as other 2-0 teams. You go yeah. against the Lions. Yeah. I mean, they took care of business against the Lions, which is good. You take care of business against the Eagles, but the real test comes in Week 3 at home against the Packers. That's a Sunday night game. We'll see how that test goes for them. Clearly going to be their biggest test this year. 
Uh, meanwhile, Green Bay already had their big test of the year so far against New Orleans, of which we all know how that game went. But San Francisco cannot ignore it. Their defense really showed up this week compared to last week when they allowed 33 points against the Lions. Only allowed 11 points, um, I think. Was there a safety thrown in there? I'm not entirely sure. Um, but only 11 points. Can't ignore that. So San Francisco coming in at number seven for me. This NFC West division, Tom, just too good. It's almost unfair. You're going to have all four teams in the NFC West in your power rankings, correct? Yes. You, yes. And I only have the Seattle Seahawks just, just on the outside out. looking in. So, yeah, right. that NFC West power. I think I had the same thing last week. I think I had all four in last week. I have all four in this week. Best division in football. We knew that before the season started. It's playing out that way as well. That's Sunday night game, Packers and Niners. Oh, Primetime games wait. have been outstanding this year in the NFL. The matchups have been great for even, the most part. Even on Thursday and Monday night. I was going to say the matchups have been great, but even – even when they're not that great, I mean, Washington and New York was like, what the hell are we doing here? That was an outstanding game. It was game. a great game. High-scoring, fun game Crazy to ending. Crazy ending. The only one that was kind of a dud was that Lions-Packers game. Lions kept it close, though. They did. Just Rodgers did Rodgers things and pulled the Packers away. But but it was interesting for a while. It a looks lot like longer a, than It looks like it a tasty be. slate again this week with that Sunday night game with the Niners and the Packers. That should be a lot of fun Maybe to the watch. first— Primetime game that's not going to be great is this Thursday night, yeah, Carolina, that, that Houston. Panthers and Texans game. Although I am interested to see the Panthers. Up you just close have to hope personal. for a good game. I haven't been able to really watch the Panthers yet, so I'm excited to see Darnold and watch how the Panthers look. Maybe they'll sneak their way into my top ten with a win. Could start three and zero. Yeah, how about that? At number six, I have the team that just beat the Pittsburgh Steelers at mm. Heinz Field, making wow. their power ranking debut. I wow. got the Las Vegas Raiders. Jacob is surprised. I don't know why. The Raiders no, are No, I shouldn't be so surprised. I had them in my bubble. I'm guessing that maybe that's a little too low. That is too low. I think they deserve to be in at least the top ten right now. Uh, you have a 2-0 and start. And you've beaten two really good teams. You've beaten the Baltimore Ravens, who I have at number nine in my current power rankings. And I'm, you I'm beat thinking... last week's number five, the Pittsburgh Steelers, in my power rankings. So mm. you got two wins against two AFC North Titans, one at home, one on the road on a 1 o'clock game on the East Coast. You're feeling yourself right now if you're the Las Vegas Raiders. What happens with Vegas all the time, though? It's the letdown. If you remember last season, they got off to a pretty good start, and yeah, then they, they got started destroyed like, by the Falcons. I think I mean, they started like six and two, right? And they got destroyed oh, yeah. by the Falcons, and that's what you have to worry about with the Raiders. So, if I trusted them, they might be a team that flirts with my top three, definitely in my top five. But it's the trust issues I have with them that keeps them at number six. That being said, though, keep an eye on them this week if they roll again and get to that three and zero start. They're going to be trouble for the Kansas City Chiefs in that AFC West because they give the Chiefs trouble as it is already. And if they're playing with a lead, half a game lead, or a full game lead on the Chiefs in the game that they meet, look out for Gruden and the Raiders this year. But like I said, it's that letdown that's always in the back of your head with, or excuse me, with Vegas. That's really fair. I mean, I, I might have ranked them a little too low, but maybe it's that letdown in the back of your head that's doing that. I think so. I don't know. Do you know who their week three opponent is? I'm going to look that up right now while you talk. Because that could be the real test for them. Again, I had them right in my bubble. Tennessee was my first bubble team. Vegas was my second. They welcomed the Dolphins to town. 
You got if there's no Tua, you That's better take care of business. And then on Monday Night Football the next week, they go to L.A. to play the Chargers. So they should be three and zero before they head to L.A. They should if yeah. Tua doesn't play. And you know what? If Tua does play. I, I you even have if a he, chance to win that game, you right? do. And even if he does play, I think you should win. I'll say this. I feel like the Dolphins get them at home. I just feel like the Dolphins are. It's, a, it's, it's such just, a Vegas Raiders game to lose, and it's the the Dolphins need to win badly. I mean, they don't want to fall to a one and two hole, so I, I see the Raiders losing. Especially this game. now with New England kind of hitting their sh- not hit their stride because Buffalo's two, back, on track back on track and got a win over you. New England's back. And on New track. England's got a win over you, or excuse me, you have a win over New England, right. but so they got to hold that lead. Yeah. So that that tie can see can the Dolphins come to your favor. I can too. Uh, moving on though to my number six team, I have the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I have them at number ten. So the fact that they remain in the top ten, I think, is is credible. I think it's not outlandish. And the way that they mollywopped the Miami Dolphins, as you said, the first shutout win of the season, uh, thirty-five to nothing. Not even just a, a, a twenty to nothing or a, even lower scoring, thirty-five to nothing. You got to give credit where credit's due. Josh Allen returned to form. Devin Singletary even got involved. That running game got involved yeah. pretty much uh, against a against a good Miami defense and against a defensive minded coach and Brian Flores. So I got to give credit to Buffalo. I put them in number six. They jumped up four spots for me. I think you're gonna see them not drop out of that top ten, not even drop out of that top six. Probably you'll you'll see them in that neighborhood, if not higher, for the rest of yeah, the season. Yeah, I bet they get into the top five soon for both of us, and they stay there for the most part mm-hmm. of the season. Now we get into our top fives. At number five, I got a team you had a couple picks ago, the San Francisco 49ers. Wow, you that at high. Number five. I I really like what this defense looks like. They're, yeah, it's a good defense. They're really injured at the running back position, so that could be a problem for them. Uh, if anybody can deal with injuries to the running backs, though, it's Kyle Shanahan. He seems to just be able to plug in whoever uh, he can at that position and get productivity out of them. Uh, they, The problem that the Niners kind of have is a, a Jimmy G problem where I think they want to play Trey Lance, and I think in the back of Shanahan's mind he thinks Trey Lance runs his offense well and adds an extra element to that running scheme that he likes to play. But he really can't take out Jimmy G because he's not making the big mistake. Mm-hmm. He's getting points on the board. I know they only scored 17 points against the Eagles on the road this past week, but that's enough to get the job done as they go to 2-0. and And Jimmy G didn't really make any big mistakes in that game. So it's a really good problem for them to have in San Francisco, but I do think it is a bit of a problem. I think he does want to pull the trigger on Lance and that Jimmy G just is not going to let him. Uh, Jimmy G got to a Super Bowl just two years ago, and I think he's still – average enough to keep them uh, afloat to win a lot of football games this year and maybe get back to a Super Bowl again this year but I'm really impressed with the 49ers so far they've kind of kind of done it both ways in week one they put up 41 points and offensively that carried the day the Lions got in towards Mm -hmm. the back end of that game with a a furious comeback late that fell short and then then week two they go to Philadelphia and it's the defense that carries the game for them so they're a, they're a multifaceted team. They have uh, talent on both sides of the ball. Both units are good. I, I like the Niners coming in at number five. Totally fair with me. Or totally cool with me. I have them a little bit lower. Uh, my number five team, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. Wow, that's a far drop for the Chiefs. I, I, it's a far drop. I mean, I think I have them at number two last week. Yeah. But what I've seen from these other teams has been more impressive to me. 
when you include week two as well. Uh, don't get me wrong. The Chiefs, this is probably the lowest you're going to see the Chiefs on, on either of our lists all season long. It's just they had that near loss against uh, the Cleveland Browns in week one. Who, by the way, I can predict you have in front of the Kansas City Chiefs now. I have not. I've yet to mention the Cleveland Browns, and I've yet to mention three other teams in addition to the Browns. So, yes, I do have teams in front of the Chiefs. Uh, but it was as as we as we've said multiple times uh, throughout the week that week one loss by the by the Browns was the most impressive loss on the season, regardless of the week, regardless of the situation. But the Chiefs, to me. The way they went on the road against Baltimore, they they had every advantage in their favor. They they are the better team. They weren't bogged down by injuries. They had Lamar Jackson's number. He was 0-3 going into that game against Mahomes. But they allowed Lamar Jackson and company to come back and win, excuse me, win that game. Everyone was thinking that early on, I think the Chiefs had a 14-point a lead or like a 13-point lead at some point in the second half, and you were thinking, well, here it is again. Chiefs are going to win. Lamar Jackson just simply cannot be Andy Reid and the Chiefs. That's not what happened at all. Lamar Jackson comes out, beats that team. Again, I just said the Cleveland Browns probably have the most impressive loss on the season so far. I don't know if I can consider Kansas City's loss to be impressive because I think you were expected to win that game for – Many more reasons than Kansas City was expected to win their first game against Cleveland. I think this is more of a disappointing loss for the Kansas City Chiefs fans. Granted, it may it may be their one of only two or three losses on the season, but this was a game that I expected them to win, and so that's why I have them at number five. At number four, I got the Cleveland Browns. Mm. Uh, good win against the Houston Texans this week. They struggled in that game. Didn't cover the spread, but they did end up winning by double digits, 31-21. to 21. It's what good teams do against teams in the NFL that they are perceived to be much better than. Teams are going to play up to their competition. We have a small sample size, so we don't exactly know what teams are going to be like. Maybe the Texans are a little bit better than a lot of people gave credit to. Uh, I think what really uh, made Browns fans pull their hair out a little bit is the fact that Tyrod Taylor went down and Davis Mills was able to late get them within three points, but a Browns drive in the fourth quarter that ended with a Nick Chubb touchdown iced the game for them, and they win by 10. And like I said, that's what good teams do. You know, they bounce back after a really heartbreaking loss, a tough-fought game, uh, an impressive performance against the Chiefs that they fell just a bit short on. They bounce back with a win against the Texans at home, taking care of their business, getting into that win column for the season, and, and tying the AFC North uh, at the top with mm-hmm. every team being 1-1. One and one. So... Love the Browns. Love what the Browns are on paper. I think Baker's played really well in his first two games this season. Looks to me that all signs are pointing to him taking another step forward in his game. So still think they're my favorite in the AFC North, and I think that you got to give them credit for what they were able to do against the Texans. Yeah, struggle. Probably didn't put together their best performance and still win by double digits. So Cleveland checking in at number four. That's fair. I got Baltimore. The team that just beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh boy! At number four, that, that's our biggest discrepancy or disparity. You had Baltimore at number nine for me. Okay, that's fair. I have Baltimore number four, probably the most impressive win in the John Harbaugh Lamar Jackson era. 
Lamar Jackson era, correct? Harbaugh I mean, and Lamar. I, yeah, yeah. The, the, the two of them working When you together. let off with Harbaugh, I was going to be like, you won a Super Bowl, but you're right. With Harbaugh yeah. and Lamar, and this I, is, this sure. is the marquee Lamar win. Lamar Jackson era. This is the marquee win for that team. Not only against the opponent, but the way they did it in a comeback effort. The circumstances surrounding that game with everyone th- saying that Lamar will never be able to beat Mahomes. He just has Lamar's number. Not the case here on Sunday night. Maybe one of the better games that we have seen across the NFL in the past couple of years. Just exactly what you want out of a football game. Baltimore, to me, really impressed uh, coming off Excuse me. That that week one loss against the Vegas Raiders. You could not afford to fall into an zero and two hole. They did not do that. They bounced back in a big way. Baltimore, to me, deserving of that number four spot. At number three, I got the KC Chiefs, the team that those Ravens pulled off the nice comeback win on on Sunday Night Football. Uh, they still put up thirty five points in that game. They're still such a dynamic offense. Uh, Tyron Matthew really made his impact felt in that game as well. Uh, defensively, they got playmakers, like I said, Honey Badger with that pick six of Lamar Jackson. Chris Jones is a problem for opposing offenses to deal with on that Chiefs front. And and like I said, I mean, they just got outplayed and, and outbeat by another prolific offense in the Ravens. Uh, 35 points is 35 points on the road. Travis Kelsey's run was just phenomenal. One thing that the Ravens Athletic did, freak. The Cheat one, code is what everyone The one them. thing the Ravens did well that a lot of teams uh, struggle with is the way that they took away Tyreek Hill. Maybe that was a product of the Chiefs using Hill as more of a decoy on a lot of plays, and he just wasn't a part of their game plan. Or maybe it was just credit to the Ravens' defense for really doing a good job of trying to take him away and just try to force Patrick Mahomes to use Kelsey and the other guys. And he did to a really... To the tune of 35 points. Uh, one thing you don't see much, though, on Mahomes interception, the Ravens were able to force that. And then, of course, that Clyde Edwards-Elaire fumble was a backbreaker for the Chiefs. But they were right in that game. And honestly, if Lamar Jackson doesn't go for that on fourth and one or if they get stuffed on that fourth and one, I probably bet on Mahomes getting them into field goal range and the Chiefs winning that football game. But alas, Lamar had the balls to go for it and got it. Ravens win 36 to 35, but that in no way changes my opinion of the Kansas City Chiefs. I'd still pick them in a matchup between anybody in the AFC for a, a winner take all if I had to at this very moment. So Kansas City coming in at number three and my highest ranked AFC team in the power rankings. Totally fair. I got for me number three the Cleveland Browns. I think this team. I feel like two and one are going to be the same for us. Yes, I agree. So this is also this is your highest-rated AFC team. This is my highest—yes, my highest AFC-rated team. Uh, not necessarily a team I think could win the AFC, but the Cleveland Browns, to me, as I said earlier, have the most impressive loss in the season, and then you go out and you take care of business against the Houston Texans. Granted, it was a little bit closer than I'm sure Cleveland Browns fans would like to admit. However, they still got the win. They're still sitting tied atop the AFC North with a one-on-one record. Super important to them that they took care of business against Houston and that they also didn't fall into an 0-2 hole like the Ravens fans thought they could against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, but that didn't happen. Cleveland, to me, just a stacked team, top to bottom, offense and defense with a good coach and Kevin Stefanski. I got to give them credit. To me, right now, they sit at number three. Number two and number one, I think it's pretty obvious. Number two, the L.A. Rams. Number one, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. L.A. Rams, uh... 
they they didn't have as good of a win as they did in week one, but they still again started off two and zero. They still went on the road, one o'clock game, traveling to the middle of the country. It took a backup quarterback for the for the Indianapolis Colts. I'm blanking on his name again. The kid from Washington, Jacob Eason, Jacob Eason, to throw an interception on the final drive, the final offensive drive for the Colts. I don't know if Philip or sorry Philip Rivers. I don't know if if Carson Wentz throws that interception. It's it's possible. But it took that 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 backup quarterback for the Rams to lock that win down. Still two and zero in the best division in football. Give them credit. And then Tampa Bay. I mean, I just don't know if anyone can. Beat well, Tampa before Bay. we get to Tampa Bay, one thing I want to add about the Rams. You know, it's just that Matt Stafford effect. Where mm-hmm. yep. I think last year, if you go into a game against the the Colts and it's played like it is this one, uh, you come away with a twenty-seven to twenty-four win. I don't know if you get 27 points. I, I don't know if Goff is able to put up 27 points on that Colts defense, and maybe you walk away with like a 24 to 16 loss if Jared Goff is your quarterback. But instead, you get Matt Stafford in there, and he's just completely changing things for that offense. And now they have the ability to put 27 points up on the road against a really good Indianapolis Colts defense and come away with a big win on the road. So. I just can't stress enough how much Stafford changes that team dynamic and how you're already seeing it pay dividends for the Rams. Like you said, the Buccaneers, I mean, what can you say about them? They're the best Too offense. Good. They're the best offense in football in my mind right now. Tom Brady's thrown at least four touchdown passes in about four straight regular season games dating back to last year. He's one mm-hmm. shy of the record from Peyton Manning, uh, who did it in five straight games. Uh, and it's just unbelievable the weaponry they have on that offensive side of the ball. Tom Brady's ability to still spread that thing around and, and get everybody involved. I mean, who was the guy that was a little bit left out uh, in the cold week one? Mike Evans. What did he do week two? Oh, here's two touchdowns for you, Mike. Right. Like, here, here you go. And it was the reverse for Antonio yeah, Brown. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe Doesn't matter who gets a- the ball. A.B. probably gets a couple touchdowns this week. Oh, you know what, A.B.? I went to Mike last week. This is going to be your game. It's unbelievable. They were only up 28 to 25 at one point in that Falcons game, and then you blanked, and it was 48 to 25. It was back to back pick sixes by Mike Edwards. Not just not just the team. Mike Edwards alone, and then had 14 points for you on back to back plays. Also hit Godwin on a beautiful pass mm-hmm. about 30 yards downfield into the end zone for his fifth touchdown of the day at 44 years old. I hate that guy so much, but that team is just prolific. Jacob, number one, plays number two this week in our power rankings as the Rams host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll talk a lot about that game in our Fireside Friday chat uh, on Friday. Luckily, we'll be able to watch it, too, because it's the it's 4, the four o'clock, o'clock window. But I got to say this, man. I still am starting to feel that Rams upset. I think the Rams are going to pull one off against the Buccaneers. I don't even know. I don't know the line, so it might not even be an upset. But I don't know. I Because like- it's, it's in – it's LA, in LA, right? yeah, and, and Stafford's just a whole different ball game with them now. But man, is that going to be a fun one to watch? Right now, it's Tampa minus one. I think the Rams can pull that upset off. We got Bucks Rams, and that leads right into Packers Niners. N- the NFC is throwing some heavyweights in your face in Week Three for their primetime matchups. That'll do it for us here on the Steelers Standard. Thanks as always for giving our power rankings a listen. Uh, I hope you agree with me and disagree with Jacob as <laughs> always. Uh, go to Steelers.com. Check out any of our other episodes we did today or earlier this week. We'll be back again on Friday with a fresh batch of three episodes breaking down the Bengals in depth and getting you ready for the Steelers and Bengals Sunday at Heinz Field. For Jacob Recht, I am Tom Opperman. Thank you, as always, for listening, and like I said, we'll talk to you on our next episode of the Steelers Standard.